0: October 9th, 1980, Pope John Paul II greets the Dalai Lama during a private audience in Vatican City. The event later inspired Street Fighter.
1: Welcome to the revisionist side, Brian Flynn.
0: I'm hack scary. Oh, fuck yeah. And slew cowards. <laughs>
1: Yeah yeah fuck uh, I usually go with brains flaying I guess um but I'll I'll come up with something by the end um it's uh it, it's our <laughs> the, the the doubt in Zach's voice reflects the doubt in my mind uh it's the uh spooktacular season uh here yeah. Visionist. the bats are flying around
0: there's chains and stuff mm-hmm.
1: there's
0: uh ghosts and goblins and Das That's one Canadian beer, ghost, yeah. Uh, all that kind of thing. Frankensteins and mummies and werewolves. Every, every kind of spooker you can you can conceive of. They're all in the studio. Uh, with Take Bayou back. Zach also, apparently. Yeah, we, you know, we got them all. We got them all. <laughs> all the universal monsters. <laughs> nothing, um, nothing newer than 1950, though.
1: Hmm. Um, we got.
2: Is that our cover story for the background noise? Yeah,
1: yeah, no. The background noise is there's there is a literal banshee in the room. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. um,
2: that howling you hear in the background.
1: <laughs> well, listeners, uh, for our first Halloween episode this year, first of three, uh, because you're joining us on an off week, and it's also like yeah. four in the afternoon. So, we, if you're listening a to this off.
0: at time of release. Uh, We were going to release one on October the 1st. Scheduling was a problem. So we're going to do two in a row. One this weekend, one next weekend. And then we'll do one uh, right before Halloween, two weeks after that. So we can continue to have have three Halloween episodes. Because they're some of the most fun and spooky episodes of the year. (laughs) Actually, they're spooky in a way that's enjoyable. Most of our episodes are spooky in a way that, like, Oh, the evil man is capable of.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly.
0: You know, it's beyond imagination. Uh, can we ever evolve as a species? Are we doomed to, uh, <laughs> to you know, an early demise? That sort of thing.
1: Yeah, you know, spooky.
0: Speaking so of which, for... uh, Witold Pilecki, uh, who uh, <laughs> wait, hang
1: on before we before we continue. Uh, joining us for this episode, uh, very special Halloween guest, um, hmm. Jennifer's body by. Like, karen because mm, i couldn't come up with a good halloween name for I mean, you
2: i was gonna go with jen Kaulik.
1: that works yeah uh, um, <laughs> jen Kaulik uh and of course uh our backup singer kathleen uh <laughs> who, who has probably made an appearance by now um but thank you for being here
2: of course filling
1: in uh, but yes zach uh take us back to last time speaking of the depths to which man's soul is capable of reaching.
0: Yeah, we talked about Witold uh, Pleski, yeah. uh which while while not uh, a person whose soul sank to the unimaginable depths of uh, the worst of human depravity, uh definitely someone who was adjacent to it in his yes. life. Um uh uh, uh a uh, man who escaped from volunteered to go to and escaped from a concentration camp in Nazi Germany. Um brian provided an alternate history which uh sort of didn't change the facts on the ground but provided sort of this uh groundhog day situation where he uh relived the day in in an attempt to do what is best for the preservation of history and um uh, the preservation of you know the best what's for the best of mankind uh and ultimately uh our listeners voted on that history. Um, It's difficult to encapsulate because it was very much a written piece. So if you're curious about that history, I think it's best to listen to it firsthand rather than get a a quick blow by blow in this particular case. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, But of course, thank you to uh, Jose McCall for joining us on that episode. Um, Yeah. And this is going to be just probably a hard left turn i haven't seen your alternate but it's probably going to be a hard left turn back into what is more typical of what we do
2: especially for a halloween episode yes what
0: we do what we do in the shadows um because it's halloween time and that's a show about vampires funny vampires um yeah that, yeah,
1: that's what it says in the fucking TV guide—a show about vampires. Parentheses, funny vampires.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a show fair about a show about funny vampires?
1: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh,
0: this time we are talking about the uh, Tasavo, Tasova, Tasavo man eaters. Um, I've just gone with
1: Savo, but Savo. Okay, that's that makes I,
0: sense.
2: That's what I found. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, uh you may know them by the uh names that the people who victimized them, who they victimized gave them, uh the ghost in the darkness. I was gonna say that's
1: quite a take.
0: <laughs> well, it was a mutual uh yeah. a mutual circle of victimization, I guess.
1: Spoiler alert.
0: Uh yeah. Uh but the, yeah, two African Yay. man-eating lions from the early 1900s, if my memory serves me. Late 1800s. Late 1800s. So yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously I didn't do either of the real Because <laughs> uh, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. And as usual, <laughs> I didn't lift a goddamn finger. Um, so yeah, uh, actually, I believe that Brian is going to be presenting the actual history of- Yes, the, indeed. Of these two man-eating lions.
1: Yes. Um, so, um, retooling, because I was going to use the lion thing as a reveal, sort of a third of the oh, way
0: Oh, uh, <laughs> I'll bleep myself. You know what? Every time I say lions, i will get a bleep.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Uh, listeners, also, uh, right before we started recording, we had just like a rush of things we had to figure out at the last minute, so uh my brain at the yeah we had least.
0: to we had to break a nazi code right before we started recording mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh the enigma code was was ongoing we've recorded <laughs> we, this in 1944
2: <laughs> we did it uh, it's
1: all gonna turn out for the best
2: yeah um i thought we were working on the zodiac code i don't know what you guys are doing
1: yeah uh sorry everyone who saw our instagram story that i got so excited that i should have known that TMZ breaking the identity of the Zodiac killer probably meant it wasn't fucking true. Um, so because- At the very
0: least it's, it's quite debatable.
1: Yeah. Uh, apparently I couldn't read the whole article because it was behind a paywall, but San Francisco police are saying that, uh, that suspect has been officially ruled out for (laughs) reasons. Um, For reasons. Yeah. Again, behind a paywall support local
0: media anyway. Um, he was a cop and cops don't do that kind of thing. So that's why
2: I'm just kidding. That's not the reason.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I started singing skater boy. He was a cop.
0: I was just making a joke about how the police is a corrupt institution that covers their own from, you know, embarrassment and things like that. Yeah. Also the golden state killer was a cop.
1: Yeah, he he? was indeed. Mm -hmm. And
0: is, I believe. (laughs) Wait, what? And is can, I mean, he is uh, a still a live person, is he not? Oh, okay.
1: Yes. 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 But yes. a retired cop.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I think the line true. really is that once you are convicted of murder and in prison for the rest of your life, you probably don't get to be a cop anymore. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but well, also, the convicted part's a big ask, line.
2: apparently. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or apparently, once you're caught like faking a serial killer in order to fund an illegal wiretap on a drug organization you're sort of like in a weird limbo where you're still a cop don't give
0: spoilers for good shows
1: yeah that's true (laughs) that's true um anyway so i'm gonna i'm gonna take us back to 1898 um british east africa uh which is today the country of kenya um and 1898 is about three years after the British took control of the area, uh, which was, you know, 1895. Previ- yes. Yeah. <laughs> they, that's some fast math. Yeah. I don't know why I'm talking like this. Um, so, and uh, the area was of course, previously the home of like the Swahili, Kiyuku and other peoples. Um, and anyway, the British created the East Africa protectorate uh, in part to gain access to ivory and furs, but also, the British claimed to disrupt the slave trade in the area, um, because to stop slavery, you got to do a colonialism
2: sometimes, I guess. Um, also, they didn't stop slavery in the area. No,
1: not really. Um, so, but that's what they said they were going to do. So, it's
2: the thought that counts?
1: I mean, no, not in that instance. Um,
2: <laughs> no, no, it doesn't.
1: So anyway, in, um, in 1890, the British Foreign Office proposed the construction of a railway from Mombasa, Kenya to Uganda. Um, again, ostensibly to disrupt the traffic and enslave people going from the interior to the coast. I guess the theory being that if there's a railroad, they will, the like, slave traders won't move people through the area?
0: Everybody knows one of the classic things about slave traders is they can't cross a railroad. Mm-hmm. That's uh they yeah. can't. They have to ask permission before they can enter your home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They can't cross a railroad. Um, if and you throw a zinc, bunch of rice at them. They're allergic yeah. to zinc. Right. If you throw to... rice. They have to count every grain of the rice before they can continue mm-hmm. to pursue you. All of these are classic things we know about <laughs> slave traders. <laughs> and hey,
1: if you ever meet a slave trader, feel free to bury a stake in their heart.
0: Sure. Um, yeah.
1: I mean. I don't think it's legally actionable for me to say that now, um, but anyway. Um, but also like building the, the railway, it enabled the British to get soldiers deployed quickly throughout the African Great Lakes region. Um, so like Kenya, Uganda, area around Lake Victoria um, where there was basically, um, not just like conflicts with the people who's you know lived there, but also like France and Belgium and um Germany and other um colonial powers in the area. Um there's only one existing caravan route that ran the length of the country. So the British began surveying a new one through untraveled territory, and when that route reached the Savo River. Um, which is near the modern border with Tanzania um, the territory of the Wata or Sanye people Um, they came across like a river crossing basically that was used by slave traders uh, who were forcing people to basically walk the continent as part of the trans-Saharan slave trade Um, and when people would die of disease or malnutrition or thirst uh, the slavers would just leave them where they fell basically. Um, Mm. So again ostensibly in their battle to fight slavery the British imported about 32,000 people from India to build the railroad. Um,
2: And from what I understand there is not there's not anything specific that ever says that I found um, like that, hey, they were not there voluntarily, but it's pretty clear that they probably weren't. Yeah. And also if you read um parts of John Patterson's like memoir about this time, um, there were like lots of men who were refusing orders and mm-hmm. some men who were caught planning a mutiny. And whether like those stories are probably embellished um, because it was a memoir that he wrote to make himself seem heroic. It was like his exploits in Africa, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But there is definitely a ring of truth to some of it.
1: Yeah. Um, And uh, I mean, of course, willing or not willing is a weird thing when you're subject to a colonial power. but um, Halloween. Um, anyway, the, the crew along uh, the Savo River needed to build a bridge. And they uh, were camped in an area spread over eight miles, just about. Um, and Lieutenant Colonel John Henry Patterson, um, who was an Irish member of the British Army, was sent sure. to o- oversee uh, the building of the Savo Bridge. Um, so he arrives in camp and sets about organizing the job and uh, a couple mornings after his arrival uh the workers wake to find one of their comrades has been dragged from his tent and ripped apart um dead um, if that wasn't clear from the ripped apart um not usually emotionally
2: she, ripped yeah. apart
1: no no <laughs> um yeah no he's singing crawling in my skin or whatever the fucking (laughs) lincoln park song is Um, Uh,
0: unfortunately um listeners uh briefly for a moment there i was having connect i was having like internet issues and i was a moment behind so just so you know that's the only reason i didn't make an eight mile joke uh mm -hmm. a few moments ago otherwise i certainly would have
1: i almost did but I'm like i i only know like a couple things from the movie. I mean, basically, like Mom's. I know oh, it's a movie starring
0: Eminem, to be honest with you. I've never seen it. I don't <laughs> plan to see it, but. I, think... Eminem? I think it's Detroit.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think I owned that on DVD in middle school. Um, oh, cool. It's about two weeks when I tried freestyle rapping. Um, so.
0: Well, you know learning so much about uh,
1: well, middle school me was a very different animal than the beast you see before you.
0: In ninth or tenth grade, Brian wanted to go by the nickname Day Day, which I think he got from the film Friday.
1: Yep. Yeah. (laughs) I had eclectic movie tastes. And also we had to pick nicknames in theater class on the fucking fly. So I did not like think about it super I, have, hard. I have
0: no recollection of what i
1: i have oh, no I only, recollection
0: for what my nickname was. i only remember reason, because reason like yours, mine stuck i don't know why yeah but yours definitely stuck mine didn't stick yeah honestly mine was probably like zap or something because those are my initials and that's usually what my nickname is like when mm-hmm. people ask me because i don't i don't want
2: to Listener, I don't want to have a nickname. Yeah. I don't want to what be like terrible fucking thing to do to a child also. So like, sit <laughs> yeah, in a group of your peers and try to give yourself a nickname with yeah. no prepper warning whatsoever. Although
1: much better for my fragile like ninth grade ego than like sitting in a group of my peers and having them name me based on the traits they see in me. <laughs>
0: Brian's here day after day. Old day day.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I can't believe that stuck and that there were so many apparently fans of the movie Friday at Columbine High School in Littleton, Colorado. Um,
0: I don't don't know why. I don't know if I knew at the time it was from the film Friday, but I pieced it together after the fact.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Pieced it together like like you're the fucking Warren Commission. (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um,
0: yeah I'm uh, fucking TMZ solving the Zodiac case over here
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh man Oh.
2: so in other words you thought it was you thought it was like Little Man or something instead of (laughs) Friday
1: yeah fucking another also like the real Zodiac killer will always be John Carroll Lynch um, of course um, that's the actor's name, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. That um, is the actor's name. Uh, <laughs> you know, Ted Cruz, something. He played a character named something Alan Lay. Uh, I don't know if mm. that guy's been cleared officially for the case, but that's the character he played in the David Fincher movie.
1: Um, Zodiac, great film. Watch it this Halloween. Anyway, um, so the culprits for the ripping apart of the worker um are a pair oh, right. of lions We were telling a story.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh right, we were telling a story, I think is our motto at this. We have we have several mottos at this point actually. Um we will
2: never do the Holocaust. Yep. And oh right, we were telling a story. Mm-hmm. And uh, and also now it's we do not endorse
0: alternate histories. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um Um, So the lions have been stalking the camp basically since the very beginning. Um, They were two maneless males, um, basically circumcised lions, Ew. Um, (laughs) where the mane is the foreskin. Um,
2: Thank you for explaining that.
1: (laughs) No, the current, seriously, folks, the current theory is that the um, Savo area is hotter and drier than the Serengeti as a whole. Uh, so the lions there evolved past the need for hot, thick, thirsty manes. Um, so the lions struck. Thirsty. Okay. Yeah, because it took a lot of water. I guess I wrote thirsty manes. Oh, I did this. I thought liking,
0: they were used for thirst traps. Lion thirst yeah. uh, thirst traps. Mostly. I mean, I guess like they, like they are used tind- for mating. It's like lion <laughs> tenders. Like don't the guys date, got the don't date any shorties without a mane. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Of course, lions holding up fishes. Lions with the dogs they don't own.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, all scars that. need on not apply. Mufasa's only. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Every single profile says my motto is Hakuna Matata. Um. Uh. Anyway, um. So the lion struck at night, pulling sleeping workers from their tents, and uh, the workers eventually nicknamed the lions the ghost in the darkness um and normally lions don't attack humans as a primary food source usually it's territorial incursion or there's like a lack of other food uh but but not these babies uh no these lions um were all about the human meat um
2: well there are several theories yeah
1: which i'll get to i'll get to that in a little bit um Patterson um, instituted strict after dark curfews, uh, burned large bonfires at night, and uh, constructed thorn barriers around the camp in an effort to keep the lions at bay. Um, And if anything, the attacks escalated. Um, Workers would often wake up to the sound of screaming coming from nearby tents as another person was dragged off to the brush to be eaten. Patterson says that some of the workers, again, from his memoirs, so grain of salt, some of the workers believe the lions to be spirits punishing the crew for building the railway and that Patterson brought a curse upon them by arriving. Um, but basically the attacks sort of suddenly ceased. Um, and, you know, the workers would hear rumors of attacks at nearby camps. Um, but you know, for the most part, and also that was like not unheard of in the area for the most part, though, they were safe for a while. Um, but just as like their routine started to get back to normal, the ghosts in the darkness returned. Um, and not only did they return, they began to attack basically every night. Um, and yet construction on the bridge continued, uh, until the point when workers just began abandoning camp and running away into the wilderness. Um, Mr. Whitehead, uh, the aptly named Colonial District Officer, um, was, uh, was attacked by the Lions after arriving in the train depot one evening. Uh, his assistant, uh, a man named Abdullah, was killed. Uh, but Mr. Whitehead uh, escaped with only four claw scratches down his back. Um and so Patterson uh, had been previously deployed in India and was what uh Wikipedia called an experienced tiger hunter.
0: Oh Wikipedia. Um, yeah. Yeah on his resume, experienced yeah. tiger hunter, Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I, I did find his LinkedIn and it said experienced tiger hunter, uh, Microsoft Office um mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um so
0: yeah excel proficient excel mm -hmm. uh expert tiger hunter the usual
1: conflict resolution um and the oppression of native peoples um so patterson set out to hunt down the ghost in the darkness
2: and i Uh, just just a quick note um because i i feel like it's very telling it's not really anything to do with like the progression of the story It just pisses me off that like they're literally men being dragged from their tents and mauled to death in the middle of the night and work continues yes. until they finally start running away yeah like if you're yeah. if your workers are being murdered you don't care but if they finally start walking off the job because it's so unsafe mm-hmm. like then oh i guess we have to take care of these lions they weren't a problem before
1: i mean speaking of right now listeners if you're listening don't buy catalogs um because scab what do they do?
2: oh fuck them
1: um not that someone found a scab in their cereal. In their Literally, yeah. there's a strike.
0: This is on. not about that frozen shrimp story from four months ago. Is that a <laughs> weird
1: fucking story that like took like six different turns, all of them predictable? Yeah. Um but anyway. Um so, do, 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 with about 20 assistants, uh, Patterson set traps in the vegetation and had workers march through. Uh, banging cans together to flush out the lions while Patterson perched on an anthill with his rifle, uh, waiting for them, waiting for the lions to emerge from the brush.
2: Hey, you know those lions that have been attacking you guys while you try to sleep at night? Why don't you go through the bushes- Try like to scare them. Banging cans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah try, to, try to flush them out. Yeah, but you know the thought... night demons.
0: Be live bait for me, will you? When you started saying you know those lions who i thought you were going to make a joke about how them banging the cans you were going to be like you know those lions who have been trying to kill you in the night well listen to this <laughs> <laughs> to
2: but, uh... yeah
1: but it's just marty mcfly being molded yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> i was thinking more of a warriors thing i guess um
2: no, it's me, your cousin Gary
0: Darkness <laughs>
1: <laughs> Oh man, Gary Darkness is going to be like my goth metal like stage name <laughs> um, Also for now for some reason I want to watch Garth Marenghi's Dark Place Yeah. Anyway
0: Gary's um. a very hardcore name for sure
1: <laughs> Hardcore Gary uh, We all know a hardcore Gary Um, Anyway, so this hunt went on like night after night. Um, Meanwhile the ghosts and the darkness are still attacking the camp but one night uh, Patterson, holding his rifle on the anthill uh, sees one of the lions emerge from the grass about 15 feet in front of him. He fires a shot and it hits the lion in its hind leg uh, and the lion walks away, not even apparently wounded. Um And then that lion begins to stalk Peterson, um, which gave him an idea, I guess. Um, So Patterson builds a, um, did I write Peterson earlier? Patterson um, builds a makeshift tree stand and ties a goat to a stake, real Jurassic Park. Um, The lion, and one night the lion comes up but before Patterson can get a shot off, is able to run off with the goat and the steak. Um, now the lion's got a steak. Yeah. <laughs> now yeah. he
2: has even yeah. more weapons. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the next yeah, day, the He drops
1: someone down goat. an elevator shaft and says, yeah. I, now I have the a steak. The goat has oh, a sweater oh, oh. on.
0: Yes, indeed. Now I have a steak. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Patterson
1: is very much the Ellis of this story, though, more than anything. Um. God. Um, but then it finally works. Patterson kills the first lion with his goat bait. Um, and then 11 days later, he shoots the second lion twice while it's stalking him. Um, that lion runs off, and Patterson finds it the next morning, wounded but alive. Uh, Patterson shoots it three more times, which only crippled the lion. Uh, he then trades guns and shoots the lion twice in the chest and once in the head. Um,
2: Trades guns with who? Also,
1: someone with a better gun, apparently. (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) I guess they were like doing team battle on GoldenEye or something.
2: When you're hunting two fucking notorious man-eating lions, you don't bring the best gun. Yeah, you bring the second best gun to start with for the challenge. Yeah, yeah.
0: I assume he traded guns with somebody who had Pokemon Blue, probably. Yeah, that's so, the only way to get certain guns.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> just get the old link cable going and uh, <laughs> hook that up. Um, so uh, Patterson claimed that when the second lion died, it was still gnawing at a broken tree branch trying to get at him. Um, f- just showing how ferocious he was, which I would be doing that too if someone was shooting me a bunch in the chest. But hey. like, yeah, I know, sweetie. Um much later hair samples from the lions would contain trace elements of human meat, confirming that
0: these were in fact the right lions. Oh okay. um, when you eat human meat as a lion, it goes into your hair. I guess when you eat human meat as anybody. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So don't anamorph don't think you can you can get away with it by anamorphing out from lion form. And then eating people. Uh, they'll because they can trace that shit. Um, so there are a number of theories as to why the ghosts in the darkness became so aggressive. Um, of course, like as previously mentioned, the incursion of humans into their territory and also a, a, a rinder pest outbreak um, devastated their normal food supply. But it's also believed that uh, the lions acquired a taste for human flesh by scavenging the dead bodies left behind by the slave traders um, just throughout the region. Um, There's also evidence that at least one of the lions had major dental problems. um, And humans are just generally easier to eat than like a lion's normal prey because they don't have to like gnaw on a bunch of bones to get it like, because the lions, the ghosts in the darkness tended to stick to like the soft, easy meat of like thighs, stomachs, and like butts, basically. Um, that's where, like, that's where the soft, like, listen, I mean, listeners, if next time you touch your butt, like,
0: feel how soft the meat is.
2: People like butts. Why do you it's like butts? Soft. You don't yeah, like butts because
0: they're hard, except yeah. sometimes you do, I guess. <laughs> Look, uh, I, mean, I like
2: my butt soft and pillowy. I don't know what you're talking about, Zach.
0: Yeah. But, it, it, okay, that's, okay. All bodies are beautiful
2: um (laughs) well so here's the the thing that not everyone maybe knows um about the way that lions and tigers and other um predators like that bears bears exactly um they they don't kill their prey like with their claws or like by like you know going for the jugular or something like that they they suffocate their prey um a lot say like a lion is like chasing an antelope or whatever like the lion will catch the antelope and put its mouth over the antelope's mouth and nose to suffocate it new no. yeah like that's how that's how they kill their prey I so that, uh
0: Most feline predators use like a back kick to disembowel their
2: prey.
1: That's just for style. Yeah, I
2: think so. It's, I I mean, that might be
1: for like eating. Yeah.
2: It's, I I mean, I'm just kind of thinking like if I had to like suffocate a moving animal with my (laughs) mouth in order to eat, and I had like, we've
1: all seen that episode of Fear Factor.
2: Like and then episode
0: Seinfeld, which was a weird
2: one. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) If I had like a really painful wisdom tooth or something,
1: like classic Kramer, can I say for
2: something that was already dead. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least like only has two legs to run on.
0: Yeah. Or just
2: maybe something that's already sleeping. Just
0: yeah, the butts. Yeah.
2: Well, I heard that the
0: lions were Antifa and they were against colonialism, and that was uh that's what I heard.
1: yeah SJW, right. you got a fucking lion truther some
2: sjw lions. no no we're not <laughs> uh. again
1: we disavow q um <laughs> um jesus so patterson sold the lions corpses to the field museum in chicago uh where they are still on display to this day
2: hey i could go see them yeah, yeah. <laughs> their skulls are in a case right next to, like, the taxidermied skins. Mm-hmm. The thing is, though, it the diorama where they are, like, taxidermied, it's a little misleading because, first, Patterson used the skins as fucking rugs for, like, ten years or something. Oh. And then he sold them to the Field Museum. So by the time the museum actually got them like they were kind of tattered and damaged and so the taxidermied animals that you see in the exhibit are actually smaller than the lions were in life because they literally had to like trim the edges where like the skins got like super ragged and shit
1: it had like spaghetti sauce things exactly yeah
2: we still got like five thousand dollars for them yeah which uh, today's money, is like a billion dollars.
1: <laughs> something like that. <laughs> um, Patterson wrote that the workers gave him an, an engraved silver bowl as thanks for killing the lions. Um, and uh, Patterson also uh, went on to lead the Jewish Jewish Legion in World War One, and uh, did advocate for the formation of a Jewish army to fight the Nazis. Uh, was also a major public advocate for Zionism and is known today as the godfather of the Israeli Defense Forces.
0: That's interesting. Uh, so wait, wait. But the ghost. So this was like late 1800s. Mm-hmm. He must have been fairly young because obviously mm-hmm. it was like 40 years before the Nazis came to power.
1: Yeah, I think he he had to have been like in his 20s or maybe early 30s.
2: Okay. Yeah, he was like late 20s, early 30s. He was also, um, whatever the late 1800s version of the Troubles was, he was there for that too in Northern Ireland.
1: Yeah, I mean, just sort of the ongoing strife. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, that just like preceding the Irish War of Independence. But uh, that is the actual history of the Savo man-eaters, The Ghost and the Darkness.
0: All right. Uh, Thank you, Brian, for your uh, true history of uh, these man-eating lions. Um, Chen, I believe
2: you have an alternate take. I I do. Um, And I want to start by talking um, a little bit more about John Patterson. because Johnny P. Yeah, old Johnny P. Uh, we don't have a lot of, uh, you know, broadly accepted historical records um, about him outside of the year that he spent working at the Sava River site. Um, there there's like the basics of his military career oh. um and other than that that's pretty I, much all the information I, that we can did find about I truly have to look up to make
0: sure that the name of like the mid-tier novelist was not also John Patterson but it is indeed James Patterson.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's i mean it is his great great grandson though
1: yeah, and of course his, his uh James Patterson's assistant Dan Kuntz
0: yeah. you? I don't know if you you could literally be telling the truth. Like nepotism <laughs> is uh, granted yeah. in modern day and age. I, I people have the same last name and they're famous. Like chances are, it's like yeah, my dad was also famous.
1: Actually, I came across reading the uh, actual history. Um, apparently, like Benjamin Netanyahu's grandfather named one of his sons um, Yonatan after Patterson. Yeah. Um, so, speaking of nepotism, the Netanyahu family.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The nepotism Yahoo family. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's there's plenty of worse things to criticize them for.
1: Yeah, like apartheid.
2: Ooh, yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> <Sorry. Yeah>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. I mean, it's a Halloween episode. We have to do that. We're contractually obligated to do that every twenty minutes.
2: Indeed. So there is there is actually some evidence um, if you look at things like um, some workers' journals that have survived from the time. Um, that Patterson was not the hero that he seemed like. Um, Because the workers were right in thinking that it it was significant that the attacks started right after the arrival of Patterson uh, and his assistant, Andrew Kirby, um, at the Savo River site. Um, They have heard
0: that Kirby will eat anything. (laughs) (laughs) It's true,
2: it's true. Very suspicious. He he puffs up to three times his normal size and just unhinges his jaw and
1: it yeah, has got that Kirby just birth. goes
2: wild yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> i sorry I didn't mean to be horny for Kirby everybody's horny for Kirby it's true he's the sexiest character he was named Time's sexiest character fifteen sexiest times in a row <laughs> you don't get sexier than that
1: then he did his little dance
0: I don't know why Time Mag magazine does sexiest video game character and has for the past 20 years but they do and kirby wins every time you they do the man of the year and the, the person of
1: the yeah, year and no, the next Wario.
0: issue
1: yeah. yeah wario's in second and... yeah
2: wario's in second with that mustache
1: and uh, you
2: know. this is going into a weird area <laughs> yeah, i mean look is that your fourth motto
1: yeah it it it's it, it's four fifty in the afternoon. Maybe it's time to talk about sexy Wario. <laughs> Blaze it.
2: <laughs> so, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, Patterson and Kirby. Um, they hadn't come to Africa just to build bridges or railroads or seek personal glory. Um, they had heard tales of the destruction wrought on the continent by slavers and colonizers, tales of murder and mutilation, mass graves and bodies left on the roadsides. And they knew that this was the place to indulge their own dark appetites. Mm.
1: Spooky. (laughs) (laughs) That was actually spooky. I know.
0: (laughs) But That's actually a, a very podcast. good that's a very good instinct, I think, on Jen's part. Like uh Shannon and I have been watching Midnight Mass. And whenever something yes. scary happens, uh then Mike Flanagan edits himself into the episode
2: saying, Spooky. <laughs> so it's actually <laughs> really good. We noticed on, that, right? We're big fans of it. Yeah, we're only on episode. Yeah. Four, like so. Some
0: dead cats wash up on the shore, and then Mike Flanagan's voice comes in. He's like, spooky. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, listener. That's episode one. It's not a big <laughs> but okay. now you know there's animal death. Yeah, that's, not the, it's, yeah,
1: that's it, not the climax, a bunch of dead cats watching up on the beach.
2: I mean, it was for me. That was the most upsetting part so far. Yeah. We're like four episodes in. I'm still not over it. Um, where were we? So, so, so far there's, there are only, um, there's only one known eyewitness account um, of Patterson's transformation. Um, Mm. We don't know where or how he acquired this ability, um, but there are theories. Uh, Having been born and raised in Ireland, there is some speculation among family that he was a changeling. Mm.
1: Uh, Ah. Sorry, had to fight back the instinct to do an accent. You're welcome. Um,
2: You were not entirely successful. No, I was not. (laughs) Uh, Some of the railway workers uh, believed him to be a witch. One such worker, Hira Singh, had a journal. And shortly after Patterson and Kirby's arrival, Singh woke up in the middle of the night because he had to pee. At the edge of the encampment though, he saw something that frightened him to his core. A man, he wrote, was half transformed into a lion. The jaws, jowls, eyes, and ears were quickly shifting back to that of a man, a man he recognized as John Patterson. Deeply shaken, in the morning, Singh began making preparations to leave the camp. His one comfort was that he didn't think Patterson had had been able to identify him in the dark. But he was wrong. Singh was devoured the very next night, one of the first men to die in the so-called lion attacks.
0: You are telling me that a man named Kirby is able to transform into a lion I mean, there's a very logical explanation. <laughs> I hate to go back to it. But he did a big ol' suck on a regular lion. Okay.
2: I'll get to that. There, there are theories. We don't know for sure. He did a big ol' suck. <laughs> Sorry. I could never play
1: Kirby in Super Smash Brothers again after this.
2: (laughs) Very shortly, a second lion appeared along with the first. Because Andrew Kirby had begun transforming as well. It's not known, however, if he had his own ability to transform as Patterson did, or if Patterson had the power to transform Kirby as well as himself. Hmm. But one thing was clear, this was their main reason for coming to Africa. Together, the two men attacked and devoured dozens of innocent men. At first, one lion believed to be Patterson would drag a victim away from the camp to a spot where the other lion, believed to be Kirby, waited. But soon both lions began to enter the camp and attack sleeping men, even dragging them from their tents. The workers took precautions like building fences around their camps, but it didn't stop the attacks. After all, Patterson and Kirby were inside the fences at night and had the strength of lions to break out. It's thought that the two killers began attacking nearby encampments and villages to escape suspicion. There was a lull of several months at the Saddle camp where there were no line attacks at all, but there were rumors of attacks in, um, in nearby villages. But I think they were trying to follow like the don't shit where you eat rule. Yeah. <laughs> but they returned to the Savo camp after one or both had been spotted transforming to silence any potential witnesses. That's mm-hmm. the theory as to why they came back.
1: Now, I'm picturing the Kirby guy um, as sort of just. It's pink Griffin Dunn and from round. American Werewolf. And, oh, yeah, no, Pink and Round. <laughs> but Griffin Dunn playing like Kirby. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of like a werewolf marshmallow. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Like a marshmallow on the sofa.
0: That's the rule of three. I'm done with
2: yeah the... <laughs> <laughs> So, when workers finally began fleeing by the hundreds, um, the British decided to take action. Um, it was one thing when Indian and African men were being slaughtered, but another thing entirely when the British actually started losing money over it. Uh, Kareem Bucks, who overheard a man in the next tent being dragged from his bedroll and eaten, uh, wrote this in his journal I could hear the man's screams and the crunch of bones. The lions growled as they ate and soon began purring. I sat up till morning, too terrified to move, knowing I'd remember those sounds until my dying day. So it's it's pretty obvious to any modern true crime aficionado uh, what happened next. Um, Patterson himself was tasked with destroying the beasts who were terrorizing the men. Um, it's It kind of ended up to be the same situation as like that reporter in Germany that was uh, covering the murders he yeah. himself was committing yeah. and then he would approach the police at the crime scene and say do you have any leads
1: and how that is not a showtime show yet I don't know but
2: it's a travesty um so Patterson you know he made it he made a show of building these fabulous traps and lying in wait for the lions and using non-white men as bait um all all the while, he was working out a plan to cover his tracks, um, because of course, all, all the while he was he and Kirby were continuing to hunt these men. Um, he did hunt down and kill one hapless and apparently pride prideless uh, true lion in the area. Um, but in the end, he doubled down on his treachery and killed his accomplice Kirby in his lion form, reaping untold glory in the wake of this final betrayal. Um, which is part of the reason why I think the, the second lion was like so ferocious and so pissed off mm. and trying to kill Patterson to the very end. Um, it was Kirby and he knew that he was being betrayed. Um, he thought until the very end, kind of like Hitler attacking Russia. <laughs> Like he kind of thought until the until the very last moment that um, that they were in it together um, until Patterson turned around and and shot him in the back. Um, the the other thing that I want to say about Patterson is that he, like I said, we don't really know much about his life outside of his military service record, um, because not a lot of contemporary. Um, personal accounts remain but he did have um a career in the military of over 20 years and he did go all over the world he was in uh colonized india Mm -hmm. he was in the absolute chaos of belfast um he went to the middle east during world war one um it, it seemed like death and destruction followed him wherever he went, but in truth, he chose to go to those places that would seem the most chaotic or that would be under the least scrutiny um, as a way of covering his tracks um, so that he could continue killing without being caught. Um, sorry, Brian was giving me a look like he wanted to say something. The, the theory, um, because he was, he was truly, um, he did be, like truly become a, a Christian Zionist after the First World War um, and his experience um, leading, was it the called the Jewish Legion? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's believed by historians that originally he saw leading that unit as an opportunity. Um, He had the absolute unquestioned uh, faith and trust of every man in that unit, no matter what happened. Um, And the people who were not part of that unit, even his superiors, kept a a very distinct distance from the goings on in the unit um mostly because of um rampant anti-semitism yeah um which historians believe patterson saw as an opportunity um but it seems like he actually did become like a believer in the cause during the course of the war um because he continued with his activism um, for years afterwards but yeah basically he was a serial killer
1: (laughs) (laughs) wait so also the one the question i was going to ask is Uh could he just transform into a lion or could he transform into like different because like a lion in northern ireland might be might stick out a little a little bit
2: oh are are lions not native to northern ireland is it only is it only southern ireland
1: yeah yes southern ireland which is what it's called (laughs) (laughs) but
2: i i believe that he could transform into into different forms so he may have been you know a leprechaun in ireland <laughs> that is offensive <laughs> first I, I of all i was trying to think of like a large predator that would be on ireland but <laughs> like there are they're none. famously
1: not
0: large
2: <laughs> they're in fact quite small
0: i feel like they probably got wolves right i think i mean i know they're american wolves? werewolf in london starts in scotland but i'm I sure ireland has wolves bears there's,
1: there's maybe sea lions
0: we'll say yeah deadly sea lions
2: yeah Yeah, deadly sea lions they can't really go that far inland though
1: no it's true
0: yeah uh there's ira (laughs) members yeah
1: humans are animals yeah (laughs) Uh, (laughs) jen thank you
2: thank you (laughs) um was it was it spooky enough did i make it spooky enough no that
1: that got spooky that's got spooky as hell um before we move on, listeners, uh, I just want to mention that you can always, hey, write us, a, write us a little letter. Tell us how you feel. Um, tell us what scares you. Um, I mean, like, you don't have to get, like, really personal with it, but, like, you know, just say goblins or something. Um, you, you could do that at revisionistpodcast.com. Just click on the contact form uh, or just write us directly at revisionistpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, or via Instagram or Twitter. Um, also, we have a uh, a patreon if you are sure, so inclined and have extra money to throw around that you haven't thrown to a better cause already. And um, but
0: and uh, it always helps to write written reviews on our yes. uh, uh, Apple podcast page. You can write literally anything as long as you give us a high review, you can write. Mm-hmm. Did a big old suck on a real lion? <laughs> That's you, fine. It that doesn't matter.
1: I I heart thick Kirby. Um, I guess. I guess Kirby is just sort of all curve. I
2: mm-hmm, sure. Yeah,
1: I love my Kirby. Kirby. I love my Kirby wife. There we go. <laughs> we got it in four. Um, but um, yeah. Um, uh, Zach, you co-host the movie trap.
0: That's correct. It's a film podcast where we pick a theme, each of us uh, presents a movie within that theme, and uh, then at the end of the round of three we pick who had the best offering and, and the winner picks the next theme, basically. Um, right now though, we're probably in the middle of our Halloween round our non-regulation Halloween round. So if you want (laughs) to, and this, this time our selection for Halloween was, uh, horror movies from 1959 or earlier. So if you want to learn about some old ass scary movies, uh, go ahead and, 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 and listen.
1: I think the, uh, the episode on The Old Dark House dropped this past Sunday, uh, sure. which is a movie I enjoy a fair amount.
0: Yeah, and uh, the next one will be on the French film, uh, as revealed in the press episode on the French film, Diabolique. Uh, mm.
1: so. <laughs> Ooh la la. Um, um, but yeah, I think, did you want to mention anything plugs-wise? support your local bookstores yeah support bookstores the gift buying season is coming up Um, so I mean even in good times it's better to support local bookstores because margins are not great typically even when the world isn't
2: on fire even during the best of times
1: Um, yeah yeah. and um, I'll say um, if you haven't yet get fucking vaccinated um, yeah. if you haven't yet and you're listening to the show I, I, I don't know how many people that actually would apply to
0: yeah um, I mean first of all the number of people listening to the show is already extremely small <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: I mean also if you are listening to the show on the Apple podcast app oh god why, why? There,
0: there are better apps I promise yeah. you for free
1: I'm still using it and I don't know why it's torture <laughs> um, anyway uh, that, leads, that leads us to uh, a little place we like to call the judgment hole um,
0: sure <laughs> do we like sure. to call it that? well we
1: don't like to call it that but it is what we call it It's um, <laughs> a thing we've never called it before never will again Zach you're in the judgment hole this time um you're soaking in it. What's what are you thinking?
0: I don't know. It's a difficult one, I think, because um uh yeah, I uh, the 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 sort of classic werewolf tale aspect of the alt is very fun. I like to think of um pe- people named Kirby who can take the other forms. Uh that's fun for me. Um but, as a K but, fan. I, I i do have a little i don't know i i have a difficult time giving patterson a full villain edit given his like advocacy for jewish people during world war ii and his like clear opposition to the holocaust which was very rare among british people to like care about the holocaust that's my biggest like the i, I don't know if i could justify giving this guy like a full villain edit
2: um I mean, he did also participate actively in the colonization of Africa and India. Yeah, that's true. And the subjugation of the Irish people. Yeah. His own people. Mm. Uh, fair enough. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Not I'm to good. lean too hard on you for a vote. Um,
0: sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw it for the alternate. Um, uh, generally speaking, uh, obviously this was it seems like these lines were probably in real life a result of uh you know possibly like they themselves were a result of the colonization uh that uh -hmm. yeah so fuck it whatever the bed was the bed was made by the british empire and he will be a uh uh, at least in this particular instance, a uh, an avatar for it, even if he was less shitty than some British people in regards mm-hmm. to Jewish people. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> which is a depressingly low bar. Yeah. Um, but uh, Jen, thank you for joining us.
2: Of
0: course, it was my pleasure.
1: Zach, thank you as always.
0: Uh, yeah, of course.
1: Uh, and yeah, for everyone here at The Revisionists I'm Brian Flynn
0: I'm Zach Powers No Halloween names? Oh,
1: fuck, oh, damn it, I did not Um, um Bearskin of uh, fr- Freddy
0: uh, And I'm Whatever I said at the beginning <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, have a, have a spooky time.
2: Ow. Ow. See you next week. October 9th,
0: 1919, the Cincinnati Reds win the World Series resulting in the Black Sox scandal. The first and final time baseball was interesting. October 9th, 1967, Che Guevara is executed for attempting to incite a revolution in Bolivia. His dying wish was to be the namesake for a Weekend Update host who somehow sucks more than Colin Jost. October 9th, 1986, The Phantom of the Opera, eventually the second-longest-running musical in London, opens at Her Majesty's Theatre, which does nothing to change the fact that Andrew Lloyd Webber is Michael Bay to Stephen Sondheim's Paul Thomas Anderson.
1: October 9th, 1967. A day after his capture, Che Guevara is executed in Bolivia. His last words are reportedly, check out my merch table in the back. October 9th, 1980. Pope John Paul II greets the Dalai Lama during a private audience in Vatican City. The first line of the worst selling slash fic of all time. October 9th, 1635. Roger Williams is banished from Massachusetts Bay Colony. He goes on to found Rhode Island, or as he originally called it, dumb Massachusetts.